Good evening, and as you know, we're going through the book of Job, so please turn with me in your Bibles to Job chapter 12, and we're going to read from chapter 12, verse 1, through to verse 19 of chapter 13. So Job chapter 12, verse 1. Then Job replied, Doubtless you are the people, and wisdom will die with you. But I have a mind as well as you. I'm not inferior to you. Who doesn't know all these things? I have become a laughing stock to my friends, though I called upon God and he answered. A mere laughing stock, though, righteous and blameless. Men at ease with contempt for misfortune, as the fate of those whose feet are slipping. The tents of marauders are undisturbed, and those who provoke God are secure, those who carry their God in their hands. But ask the animals, and they will teach you, or the birds of the air, and they will tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, or let the fish of the sea inform you, which of all these does not know, that the hand of the Lord has, what the hand of the Lord has done this. In his hand is the life of every creature, and the breath of all mankind. Does not he, the, the east, does, does not the ear test the words as the tongue tastes food? Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are his. What he tears down cannot be rebuilt. The man he imprisons cannot be released. If he holds back the waters, there is drought. If he lets them loose, they de devastate the land. To him belong strength and victory. Both deceived and deceiver are his. He leads counsellors away, stripping and makes fools of judges. He takes off the shackles put on by kings and ties a loincloth around their waist. He leads priests away, stripped and overthrows men long established. And takes away the discernment of the elders. He pours contempt on nobles and disarms the mighty. He reveals the deep things of darkness and brings deep shadow into the, into the light. He makes nations great, destroys them. He enlarges nations and disperses them. He deprives the leaders of the earth of their reason. He sends them wandering through a trackless waste. They grope in darkness with no light and makes them stagger like drunkards. My eyes have seen all this. My ears have heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you, but I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. You, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. If only you would be altogether silent. For you, that would be wisdom. Hear now my argument. Listen to the plea of my lips. Will you speak wickedly? On God's behalf, will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? Would I turn out well if he examined you? 
Would it turn out well if he examined you? Could you deceive him as you might deceive men? He would surely rebuke you if you secretly showed partiality. Would not his splendour terrify you? Would not the dread of him fall on you? Your maxims and proverbs are of ashes. Your defences are defences of clay. Keep silent and let me speak. Then let come to me what may. Why do I put myself in jeopardy and make my and take my life in my hands? Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless man would dare come before him. Listen carefully to my words. Let your ears take in what I say. Now that I have prepared my case, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die. Let's just pray. Our Father, we thank you for this, your word. And again, we ask your guidance as we look at it together. And we do this in your name. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Well, that was quite a long passage that we read, and uh, we're going to have a look at it this evening and see how far we go. You know, uh, I want to start by saying that uh, as a printer, we would sometimes invite a client to approve their job on press, and they would naturally pick up some of the terms used in the print industry, and they would use these terms when assessing the quality of the print. But rather than impress us with their knowledge of print, they would only expose their lack of knowledge How? By using terms that applied only to one specific print process. And these terms specific to that process were totally irrelevant to the print sample that they were looking at. A little knowledge can be a dangerous thing. And so far, the annoying Noor, who tells Job, the obvious, but wrapped up in words that he thinks will make him, Zophar, appear superior to Job. And then Zophar, as we saw last week, he goes on to apply what he knows to the wrong situation. And what does this do? It exposes his lack of wisdom. And the result is that when we come to chapter 12, we have a little bit of sarcasm here from Job, and quite rightly so. So we read uh, in verse 1 through to 3, and Job, in this section, puts his friends in their place. Then Job replied, Doubtless you are the only people who matter, and wisdom will die with you. But I have a mind as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Who doesn't know all these things? You see, obviously, he's saying, you three, and he's speaking to all three of them here, you think that you are the experts, and you think that when you die, there will be no more wise men left. Well, let me tell you, I can think just as good and as well as you can. And you're only telling me things that not only I, but most other people already know. And when we come to verse 4 through to 6, Job is saying to them, look, take another look at me. 
So in verse 4, I have become a laughingstock to my friends. Though I called unto God and he answered, a mere laughingstock, though righteous and blameless. Those who are at ease have contempt for misfortune as the fate of those whose feet are slipping. The tents of marauders are undisturbed and those who provoke God are secure, those whom God has in his hand. You see, Job says, you use the right words, but your words tell me that you can't see what you are looking at. So take another look at me. You know that I called to God for help. You came along and you see me now as, as some kind of a joke instead of who I am. You know what? I'm still the same Job that you once respected. I haven't changed. And then he goes on and he says, to them, look, it's easy for you to comment from the comforts of your armchair taking the easy option of seeing me as a guilty, unrepentant sinner, and on that basis, advising me to repent. And Job goes on, he says, think about this. You say, God always makes the guilty suffer and always makes the righteous to be blessed. Now tell me this, why am I suffering and why do the guilty prosper? We come down to verse 7 through to 12. And Job now is saying, you, you take a look at me. Now what I want you to do is take a look around. Think about what you see. Verse 7. But ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will teach you. Or speak to the earth and it will teach you. Or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Doesn't the ear test words and the tongue taste food? Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? You see, Job here is firing back at them. He says, you think that you are wise. Well, even dumb animals can teach you a thing or two. And as for us men, just as the Lord gave us a tongue so that we can taste food, that's how we use our tongue, he also gave us ears, and he gave us ears so that we could test the words that we use. And he's saying to them, I think you three need to stop and listen to yourselves. Shouldn't you, being older than me? Because they were older than Job. This is what we assess. You being older than me, be wise and able to understand what is happening. That's what you should be able to do. But just because you are older than me doesn't mean that you are any wiser. And Job goes on. And he says, you had a look at me, had a look around. Now, take a look at God. And Job then draws us a picture of God. And we read through from verse 13. To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. What he tears down cannot be built. Those he imprisons cannot be released. 
If he holds back the waters, there's drought. And if he lets them loose, they devastate the land. He's saying to them, have a look. And in nature, you will see God's sovereignty. Then he goes on, to him belongs strength and insight, both deceived and deceiver are his. He leads rulers away, stripped and makes fools of judges. He takes off the shackles put on by kings and ties a loincloth around their waist. He's now saying, if you look, you will see God's sovereignty. He rules over all. And Job goes on. He leads priests away, stripped and overthrows officials long established. He silences the lips of the trusted advisers and makes takes away the discernment of elders. He pours contempt on nobles and disarms the mighty. You'll be saying, when you look, you will see God's sovereignty. He is sovereign over the rich, over the religious, over the educated. And then Job continues, he's really hammering this home to them. He's talking about God and he said, he reveals the deep things of darkness and brings utter darkness into the light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and disperses them. He deprives the leaders of the earth of their reason. He makes them wander in a trackless waste. And he's saying, look, look at these things and you will see God's sovereignty over the nations. This is who God is. And then in verse 25, he says, they grope in darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. You... He's saying you'll see that God has sovereign sovereignty over all things and all people. And the reason he's saying this, because what he's saying is, he's saying, look, you three, you claim to understand God. But you seem to have him in a box tied up with a ribbon. And everything for you is hunky-dory. But you can't limit God to who you want him to be. Because that's what these friends of Job are doing. And Job will show them that we cannot know or understand the wisdom and the will of God. And when we look at the world the way it really is, Job is saying, I don't understand it, but I know that God is sovereign. And I know that he is in control. You see, we're getting a, an insight here into Job's inner being, into his heart. And he's, he's saying, for me, I think that God is treating me unfairly. And as we hear Job say this, we know that in his heart, he knows that God is the God who has given because he has the right to do that. And he is also the God who has taken away. Why? Because he has the right to do that. Now, our Bibles are in chapters so that we can understand them and navigate our way through these words. But I want to go straight into 13, chapter 13, because in verse 1 to 5, Job is asking these three friends to see the things that he can see and listen to all the words that they have spoken. These words that the four of them have been speaking. And in verse 1 he says, look, my eyes have seen all this 
My ears have heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. And I'm not inferior to you. So in these two verses, he's saying, we're getting nowhere. We're getting nowhere because you don't understand me. You are bringing no comfort to me. You bring me no reassurance. And rather than trying to help me, you're using me as a foil for your theological discussions and assumptions. And I'm getting fed up with it. And in verse 3 he says, But I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. Now this is a bold statement by by Job. He's going to tell them why, because in verse 4 he says, You, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. If only you would be together silent, for you that would be wisdom. In other words, Job is saying, if you don't really know what you're saying, it's better if you just say nothing. And then Job goes on in verse 6 through to 7, and he's saying, do you think that your words are God's words? Listen to what Job says, verse 6 through to 9. Hear now my argument. Listen to the pleas of my lips. Will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? Will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? Would it turn out well if if he examined you? Would you deceive him as you might deceive a mortal? Job is saying to them, look, I've listened to you and I've listened as you claim to be speaking on behalf of God. And in verse 10 through to 12, he's going to say to them, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid of doing this in case you misrepresent him? Verse 10 through to 12. He would surely call you to account if you secretly showed partiality. Would not his splendor terrify you? Would not the dread of him fall on you? Your maxims are proverbs of ashes. Your defences are defences of clay. So verse 13 through to 16. Job is going to say to them, look, this is what I want you three to do. So he goes on. He says, I want you to keep silent and let me speak. Then let come to me what may. Why do I put myself in jeopardy and take my life in my hands? Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. For no godless person would dare to come before him. So what Job is saying here is saying, Don't say a word. Because I know what you're thinking. You think that if I dare to speak to God, he will punish me for my arrogance. But look, I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being disrespectful. Because I know that I am innocent. So as we draw to a close this evening, let's just look at these last few verses, uh, verse 17 through to 19. Because in these few verses, Job is saying to them, 
this is how it's going to be. And what he says is, listen carefully to what I say. Let my words ring in your ears. Now that I have prepared my case, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die. You know, what we have here in these few verses, if we we have Job's trust, Job's confidence, he doesn't understand, but he is trusting God. And he's saying to these people, look, you think I'm, I'm going to do something that I shouldn't do by asking God what is happening. But he says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. You see, his hope is in the Lord. He's saying, I will surely defend my ways to his face, and indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. The truth is, it will in the end, but Job doesn't know that. But he qualifies this by saying, no godless person would dare come before him in this way. But he knows that he is a godly person and he knows that he can come before God in this way. He sees God as, yes, he sees, he's been looking at the, if you like, the, the hard side of God, but he knows that God is a loving God as well. And he wants them to listen carefully and to hear what he says. And he says, I know I will be vindicated. This is speaking again of Job's trust and faith he has in God. See, his faith is actually growing. And he says, can anyone bring charges against me? See, he's saying, will God be able to accuse me of something that deserves the things that I'm going through? And then he shows his trust again by saying, if so, I will be silent and die. See, Job is going to face God. He knows that he's innocent. He has examined his own heart. He will ask God to show him what it is that he's done to deserve being treated like this. And he says, and if he tells me that I have done something wrong, then I will accept God's words. I will accept God's judgment. I will trust in him and I will be prepared to suffer the consequences. I only want to know why He's doing this. I know this is a long passage that we've looked at this evening, but I wanted to do it in, in one hit because what's going to happen now in the rest of this chapter, Job is going to continue uh, his reply, not just to so, so far, but to his two other friends as well. And what he's going to do, he's going to speak to God in prayer. And we're going to listen to what Job has to say. Let's just pray as we draw to a close. Our Father, we know that this can be a difficult book and these passages can be very difficult for us. But our Father, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will help us to understand them so we can understand something of Job's suffering so that we can understand the suffering of others and that we can look at the approaches made by his three friends as we examine them as we see where they start out wanting to do the right thing, but end up doing more damage. And our Father, we pray that we might learn from these things as we continue, as we continue together and look at this book of Job. And our Father, we bring all these things to you in the name of Jesus as we pray for each other 
as we learn together more about you and more about ourselves. We can all say amen to that. Amen.